The Trekkie X Podcast Network is proud to have Fansets as its presenting sponsor. Fansets is the home for amazing pin collectibles with over 300 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every month. Stay tuned for a special discount code worth 10% off your next order at fansets.com. Fansets, our pins have character. Janeway back in command, foes become friends, and the secret second warp core is finally revealed. Episode five is an exercise in teamwork and getting by with a little help from your friends. To talk about this and more, let's activate the Protostar Drive. My name is Mike Bovia, and this is Discovering Trek Prodigy. Joining us on Discovering Trek, the Star Trek Universe Companion, presented by Fansets. Episode 5 of Star Trek Prodigy continues where last week's story left off, including a showdown with the Diviner. And we finally learn why the Protostar is an NX experimental class. Fortunately, my co-host is far beyond the experimental phase. She's had her shakedown cruise over the last three years, having to put up with me on our other podcast. She's my progeny, Emily. And Emily, are you happy that we have a little bit of a hiatus coming up? Or are you sad that we're going to lose out on some Prodigy episodes for a bit? I'm disappointed that I won't have something to do at the end of a day. But um, it's also nice because I don't have to. Go ahead, bring it on with you. Record with you. <laughs> I knew it was coming. So, Em, why don't you tell everybody where they can find us online? You can follow the show on Twitter at Discovering Trek, and you can find us on Twitter at Trek Legacy and on Instagram with the same handle. You can also find us in Camp Kittimer from time to time. If you'd like to join the conversation there. Answer a couple simple questions, and you'll be welcomed in by your admins, Haley, Jackie, and Fark. You can subscribe to the podcast by downloading the Trekkies mobile app or by searching for us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. All right. Thank you, Em. So Prodigy is indeed intended for the younger audiences, with us older ones also enjoying it. But in fact, even the really young are enjoying what these writers have brought to us. In some cases, they're so young that their parents are the ones that will be sharing their feelings for them on the show. And that's the case today as we welcome Jen Tiff, not only a parent, but also the prodigy reviewer for Trek Corps. So Jen, welcome. First of all, are you enjoying, are you enjoying prodigy? Oh, I am loving Prodigy. Um, my kids and I are are really enjoying it, and and I just feel so lucky that we that we have it now. Finally, I know. it's finally I know. here. <laughs> I know, and I got to say, what I'm glad about is they really seem to hit on the age group right. Like it's not it's not too old for the younger ones and it's not too young for the older ones. It's like, it's hitting all, it's hitting all the marks as far as that goes. 
Yeah. And I mean, it's Star Trek and Star Trek is never going to dumb something down. Mm-hmm. Like they just, that's never something that they've done and they, they don't do it here. Uh, and I think it does, it does maybe skew to the, to the middle to older range. You know, they, they said, I think they're aiming for six to 11. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, but I agree with what you're saying, uh, because even the younger kids, there's enough there that even if they're not getting all the little subtleties of, of the the dialogue and everything that they're, they're getting the character moments that they love, you know, the characters that they love and, and the adventure and the action and excitement. And I, and I think it's something for all, all the children in that age range, you know, and like you said, even the older mm-hmm. range, I mean, it's, 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 it's just, I don't know how they managed to strike that balance so well, but so far they have. Yeah. It's been, it's been great. So before we get into our deep dive on this episode, a reminder that uh, this episode of Discovering Trek provides spoilers for the Prodigy episode, Terror Firma. If you have not yet watched it, head over to Paramount Plus and watch the episode and then head back. Failure to do so leaves you open to spoilers. And before we get into the episode synopsis, uh, it's very cool that uh, today was the day that this episode dropped, uh, November 18th. This is the first time since May 26th of 1999 when I was a senior in high school that we have had <laughs> two new episodes of Star Trek premiere on the same day. That day, the Dogs of War from Deep Space Nine and Equinox from Voyager debuted. Wow. And today, Terra Firma of Prodigy and Kobayashi Maru from Discovery debuted today. So nice little fun fact for uh, our day of recording. So with oh, that man. being said, I am I'm older than you. <laughs> You're in high school. <laughs> Sorry. But that yeah, that was a long time ago. Yep. And 22 years. Wow. We are so lucky. <laughs> So and both, both episodes today uh, featured our heroes jumping off a cliff, which I thought was pretty. Oh, yeah. Hey, that is cool. That is cool. I didn't even think of that. Isn't that funny? <laughs> spoiler alert, I guess. Right, right. <laughs> we already gave the spoiler alert, so we're all good. So, M, with that being said, why don't you give us the synopsis of Terra Firma. The Protostar crew huddle around Gwen's damaged ship to find that she saved Murph, but that her leg is broken, making it difficult to walk. Janeway communicates with them to tell them that the ship is okay just before they lose the runaway to the telepathic vines. They begin their 10-kilometer walk to the Protostar and find, along the journey, that the planet continues to play tricks on them to prevent them from getting away. By figuring out that they can follow the stars to their destination, they get moving again, only to be confronted by Dreadnought in their path. Gwen sacrifices herself to allow her friends to get away, only to be shown that the Protostar was more important to the Diviner than his own daughter. The rest of the crew launch the Protostar and save Gwen, returning the favor, and realize while on the run from their Diviner that they have a special drive that makes them to, takes them to safety out of the Diviner's range. All right, Em, thanks for that great synopsis. We're going to dive right into our analysis of this episode with our thoughts. So, M, what were your thoughts on this episode? Good, bad? I thought it was pretty pretty good. Um, yeah, I liked it. I thought it, first of all, I thought it was very interesting that they used star mapping 
to find their way to the ship. It was a very smart move. I would get lost if I tried to star map because I would have my head up and I would run into everything um, and I would fail terribly. So good job to them. Um, and it's, it's, it's pretty, pretty cool how good Gwen is at literally everything. I mean, she comes up with these great ideas to save them over and over and over again. And she doesn't even get thanks for it. And she just keeps doing it. I did notice um, when Gwen was cutting away the vines from her legs too at the end with the diviner. I don't know if it was consistent. It probably was. But I noticed that Gwen is left-handed as well. So that's an interesting thing that I saw, which Very doesn't nice. mean anything, but I, I noticed it. Um, also, this is also about Gwen because I really like Gwen. Um, mm. I mentioned this last time and I think the time before that, but her arm, whatever you want to call it, that is so cool. It broke and it just put itself back together and it's amazing. And how do you control it with your mind? That's really cool too. That's why she said it was a family heirloom. Yeah. Also, I wrote that down. It's really sad that that's the only thing her dad ever gave her. Oh, yes. And I'm sure we'll get into some stuff surrounding that as we all talk about this episode. Is that all you had on this? No, I have a lot more. Oh, my goodness. All right. Keep going. <laughs> um, Again, about Gwen. A lot of these are about Gwen. I think there's only three that are not. Um she mentioned to Dal that she wants something that she'll never that she might never get, which is also really sad because that probably means love from her father. So that's really sad. Um, um, and I did some research. Ten kilometers takes about ninety to two hours to walk, and it took them six minutes for them to realize they were going in circles. Well, yes, six minutes our time. Yeah, but Star you don't Trek, know, you can jump time. I was going to say, you don't know how time elapsed on this. I mean, I mean, there's 90 minutes is longer than a typical episode of anything. That's why I think I'm almost. Yeah, I'm almost done. The ending. That was really good. It tricked me the first time I watched it, especially with the way that they they had like the even like the shoulder pads that the diviner was wearing looked similar to dal's outfit and that was really cool it tricked me the first time i watched it and then i watched it again today to do my notes and it tricked me again so that was really good um and it's it's really nice to see how kind rock talk is because when dal just leaves her she like stays behind and tries to help gwen which is really nice and now i'm done oh wait no i'm not I also mentioned that it's really cool that the phasers can light fires. I want a phaser now. Oh, well, we have, uh, I mean, I guess that I didn't write it down, but that could be a callback because they used to use them to heat rocks. Oh, yeah. And TOS, right? I think that's actually probably been used in just about every live action Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> I love the, the off brand uses for the phasers. Yeah. <laughs> Lower yeah. Decks does it a bunch too, but, as, you know, as mm -hmm. like you said, as callbacks. <laughs> 
So, um, I don't know how much you actually left for the two of us to uh, talk hey. about for our thoughts, but uh, I guess we'll give it a go. So, Jen, uh, what were your thoughts like, dislike the episode, and then anything in particular about it as well? Yeah, this this was my favorite episode so far uh, of the season. Um, I, I agree. I agree with 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 so much. You're right, Emily. Really broke it down well. <laughs> uh, there's so much to unpack there. Uh, as you were mentioning with, with, with Gwen and, and her father and um, how sad that is that she, she's never, you know, going to get the love that she deserves from him. And, 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 and I, I, I'm really glad that, that, that she's finally realized that, and it didn't take like a whole season. You know what I mean? I kind of like that, that this, this, epi- what I like about this episode is that it solidified our, our, characters as like a cohesive crew now you know they all have the same goal um they're all ready to to go on this adventure together now um they all have their their problems their issues to work through but they're doing gonna do it together and and i thought i thought they handled the transition to that really well um i also am obsessed with with gwyn's heirloom <laughs> it's it's freaking amazing <laughs> It is. And it really I love is. How pretty much every episode we've got to see her do something different and cool mm-hmm. with it, right? You know, it's, it's a sword, it's a shield, it's you know, it's a yeah. brace for your yeah. leg. Like that's that's amazing. This thing is so cool. Um and yeah, I thought uh I thought there I mean the action was really good. The and the, to me the the best thing that the reveal of the protostar engine is just incredible and and wow, what a neat idea! What a neat science fiction idea, and what also just a neat idea for for a children a, a children's program, you know, for a, an engine. Baby star. Ship. Yeah, baby star. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, the symbolism, the you know, the everything—it's just so wonderful. <laughs> uh, and yeah. my children are, are are younger than you, Emily. I have uh, seven, nine, and eleven. It's my oldest, um, and they all get different things out of it, you know, um, that the with the different. The, the wide age, age ranges, you know, I think my nine and 11 really get it more. The seven-year-old, you know, really likes Murph. And <laughs> I mean, we all love Murph. I was going to say, who doesn't like Murph? <laughs> who doesn't love Murph? <laughs> but you know what I mean? But I think, I think, I think this is one of those shows that uh, with, with repeat viewing, the little ones can, can maybe catch a little bit more of the stuff they might've missed. Um, Cause it really is packed. It's jam packed with, with, a lot, you know, with, with science and psychology and, you know, there's a lot more to it. And, um, and I think I, that's how kids watch TV anyway. Like at least my right. kids do, they find a show they like, and they'll watch it repeatedly. The, well, that, you know, episodes that's what she does too. Times. Yeah. That's, that, that's, that's just how, <laughs> how they roll this generation. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's, it's the, uh, it's the generation of um, binge watching. Right. Yes. Yeah. And they can pick any episode of any show they want with the click of a button. And mm-hmm. please know how lucky you are. <laughs> yeah, you don't <laughs> have to, to watch get up. What was on. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to get up and change a disc or a videotape. Right. <laughs> right. Just is... wait for five o'clock for your favorite show yep. to come on. <laughs> There's one thing that I forgot to mention, though. I really like the character development, especially in this episode. Mm-hmm. When Daryl went back to save Gwen, it made me like him a lot more. Just that one act that it was so much better than how he's been because he's been a jerk and mm-hmm. I hated him. 
And yeah. I said last episode, I didn't care if he got caught by the diviner. And now I kind of care a little bit. <laughs> He's learning. He's got his journey too. Just like Gwen had her journey, you know, because, right. um, you know, Gwen gave them up to the diviner. So that's not something sympathetic either, you know? Um, so they all have their things to work through. And I, I, th- I think, I think I've heard a lot of people say the same thing you have Emily about, about their feelings about Dal. Uh <laughs> in these first episodes and I get, and I get it. I do, but I also, I also think they've done a good job of showing how he's that way because he's been alone his whole life. Mm -hmm. So he can't trust anyone. He can't, you know, (laughs) he's selfish, but out of necessity, because that's how he survived this, you know, in in his life. And, and I I think he, I think he'll grow the same way we've seen in this episode that we've seen Gwen grow. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think he'll, slowly get there too <laughs> so. yeah one of the things we we talked about last week was that um yeah you, you we're getting to see him at his worst right now so that we right. can really yes. appreciate him when he's at his best right exactly so. yeah because he has a lot of the the same raw qualities that that some of the best starfleet captains have you know mm-hmm. and and i i think he is a natural leader and i think he i think he will like you said We'll see. I like the way you put that. We'll see. We see him at his worst now, so mm-hmm. it'll mean that much more when we see him at his best. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. So I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you on that one. Um, this is my favorite episode as well so far this season. Um, and I, I think uh, I think it was Emily that said it. Um, how Rock Talk is focusing on the good things that Gwen has done in this episode. You know she she confronted her in the brig a couple episodes ago about how poorly they were treated um, on Tars Lamora by her and her father. And now she's just, she's doing what kids do. They're forgetting that. And, you know, whatever is the main thing right now is what she's invested in. And that's the fact that Gwyn is doing good for them. And I mean, really rock talk at, at heart seems like she's going to look for the good in people. Anyway, she loves the, she loves all the animals. Uh, she loves Murph. I mean, again, who doesn't love Murph? <laughs> um, I, I think, I think he's probably the most loved um, non-talking character since Morn. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's see, I guess I'll be picking out uh, some of the things that I thought were great or funny from this episode since everything else has been keyed on um i loved how uh jenkum pog said that they should name it the murder planet um, <laughs> that's a great conversation <laughs> um and of course rock talk goes "Ooh, if we're naming it can we name it larry <laughs> <laughs> or uh, terry the- or jerry or gary okay parks and, parks and rec parks and rec um I, I yeah, love that was funny. And, and then he like calls it murder Pan- planet later when they see dread knock. He thinks this is another hallucination. He's like, Oh, murder yeah, yeah. planet. You've got us you again. Did, yeah. <laughs> that, that line really made me laugh. <laughs> um, I thought it was really funny and, and I didn't notice it until this afternoon when I rewatched it. Um, uh, you know, it's uh, connecting the dots between the two episodes. So last week when they were introduced to the phasers, and Jankum Pog had it pointed toward himself when he fired and stunned himself. <laughs> so this week, when they're dealing with uh, with the uh, 
the nightmare scenario there. Rock Talk says, uh, if you point it backwards, do you wake up from the nightmare? Talking about her phaser. I mean, that was that I laughed out loud at that, you know, <laughs> thinking, oh man, that that's just so subtle and yet so funny. Um and then uh uh Dal saying that they would all get constipated from <laughs> Jenkum stew. That was good stuff. But yeah, the pro great. the proto star drive, uh fantastic. Uh you know, I think that's going to be one of the huge takeaways from this episode for most people. Um, so on the downside, I'm going to say this is kind of half and half for half of the episode. Uh, Dallas still being the, and I put in my notes here, the bratty teenager that he's been so far. <laughs> um, but then the other half, we're seeing a different person. Uh, we're seeing someone who is like, maturing right away through what he's going through which is great i am glad to see that redemption right away um you know we've had some people on that didn't think that this was going to happen that he was just going to be that way the whole time and, and i couldn't see that happening so library computer data being received okay <laughs> so callbacks from this episode uh, so I know M said she wanted to go first on this because she didn't want anyone stealing her thunder this week. So M, go ahead. Give us what you got for callbacks. Um, the first thing that I noticed when Janeway called the crew, it felt so good to see her in the captain's chair again. Mm-hmm. It made, and she mentioned later, what would the real Janeway do? And I was like, Oh yeah, you're a hologram. I forgot because it's been so real. It's mm-hmm. amazing what they've done. And um I also noticed um when Dal leaves after Zero reads his mind about his parents, or I would assume he was reading his mind because how else would he know? Um I noticed when he put down his bowl to get up that they were eating gah. Um, it was on the screen for like three seconds and he didn't even notice it. I was, yeah, I did not back. pick up on that. No. <laughs> um, that was, that was great. That's, um, that was what you had. Th- yeah. Okay. Jen, I'm sure you picked up some other callbacks as well. Cause I know I've got some on my list. So, yeah, no, I noticed, I mean, Jane Wayne, the captain's chair. I did the exact same thing you did, Emily. <laughs> I was like, oh, yes, this isn't the real Jane Way. <laughs> I had to settle down here because it's so exciting to see her. And, and, and she does, she gets right into Jane Way mode. You know, she's like, okay, I've got access to this and this. What can I do? What's the solution? <laughs> and uh, oh, so great to see. And yeah, the Klingon ship was, like you said, the, the, the gah or the, the rocked or whatever. <laughs> was they're eating and the they're, they're eating out of the Klingon bowls and the Klingon cups and everything and the, they, there's a mech left and uh it was it was it was just really really good to see that that stuff yeah I I I you know I when we first put this outline together I did not include callbacks because I wasn't sure like how much of it they were going to put into episodes since it was really intended mostly for kids. Yeah. And when we watched the first one, I said to her, we got to include something on this because they're actually layering them in there pretty well. So, um, 
so yeah, I've got a lot of the same things that uh, the two of you had. Obviously, you know, the first one on my list, I'm sure, was the first one on the both of your lists, uh, Janeway in the captain's chair, but um, the bird of prey, the mechleth. Mm. Um, so they made they made mention when the planet was, uh, like we said, playing tricks on them, that it was terraforming around them. And I thought to myself, boy, that reminds me of the Genesis planet right. terraforming around them. So, I mean, that that was my callback there. And then the only other thing I thought of was uh, the main theme of Discovery Season 2, not to leave anybody behind. Um, oh. And I thought Janeway was actually going to say something there at the end when they came on without Gwyn, because I heard her say, where's Gwyn? Gwyn? And I thought she was going to say something to Dal along the lines of, you know, a captain doesn't leave anybody behind, but it went unsaid and unneeded because he knew what was going on. So what is a Mechle? I, I don't know what it's from. I didn't even know that it was a thing until I saw it or I saw it. And I was like, that's cool. It's cool that they invented that for this. (laughs) So, I don't believe that Worf used them in Next Generation, but he definitely used them in Deep Space Deep Nine. Space Nine. Um, it was the he used to keep them essentially tucked into his uniform jacket, and he'd pull he'd pull one out. It's just it's a large hand dagger. <laughs> cool, that's awesome. It's, you know, it's not a batleth, it's not a diktach, uh, which is essentially just a knife. Uh, <laughs> it's it's somewhere in between. Yes, yeah, another right. Klingon weapon that those Klingons have. Yep. You know, wide what? wide variety of <laughs> Cut- what? Klingon cutlery. Klingon cutlery. <laughs> Please specify how you would like to proceed, sir. So we're going to transition now into our Starfleet Academy portion of the program. Star Trek has always tried to teach the audience something about itself, and now Prodigy is bringing that to the next generation. So we're going to work on, in our opinion, what this episode is trying to teach us, trying to teach the younger audience, uh, whoever it may be. So Jen, you're our guest. Uh, we'll let you go first on this one. Well, I, I actually I actually get a few things out of this this episode. I mean, there, there's obviously, you know, the 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 lesson at the end where they they went back for Gwen. You know, like people deserve a second chance. Um, but I also think it's, it's also the opposite message, which is some people don't deserve another chance and it's okay for Gwen to, to care enough about herself to move on from, from trying to build something with her father that she's never going to get. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah. Gwen herself, you know, Gwen deserved another chance. She proved that throughout the episode and they went back for her and, and they're, they're a real team now. Um, and that's not something that, you know, her father did the exact opposite and it's okay for that to be the end of that. As, as far as I'm concerned, you know, he's had his, he's had his chances yep. and what he did is something that, sh- that, 
it's past the point of reconciliation. I yes. guess when you when you leave someone for for dead. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's horrible that it came down to that. But I think especially that, if that's your kid that you're supposed to care right. about. Right. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. His job should be to protect Gwen and to mm-hmm. care about think about her for her needs first. Yeah. Um, and all I think is about is his selfish need for this ship. And and I, while I'm very interested to learn why he's so fascinated with the ship we know it's got a it's got an, a very cool fast miraculous engine but i'm sure there's a reason he wants a very cool fast miraculous engine you know where does he want to go mm-hmm. what's his motivation for that and that's interesting um and i want to know more about that but i i think i think it's a hard way for gwen to learn that but yeah. i think it's very important i'm very glad that they didn't drag that out i was kind of worried that it was going to be her loyalties were torn <laughs> you know for a little yep. bit longer and but i'm I'm glad that i'm glad that i mean this is like a clean break <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't see her i don't see her being uh having two two sets of uh, priorities in the future <laughs> yeah that was, that was I, I, I gotta say lesson. i'm glad too yeah mm. so uh, my lesson kind of intermingles with what uh, you talked about, Jen. Um, And that's something I think that is important to people today in general. And that's sometimes you can choose who your family is. It doesn't always have to be a blood relative. So, Mm -hmm. you know, in this case, uh, Gwen's father, the one, as you said, she, he should be protecting her and he gives her up there for selfish reasons. Um, so she has to make the choice later as to who she's going to side with. So she essentially chooses her own family and there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Like you said, if you're wronged enough, uh, because in this case, it's your family. I mean, I'm very fortunate that, uh, that I've had a loving family my whole life and, you know, we've been pr- trying to provide one for Emily, but not everybody has that same good fortune. So sometimes you have to choose who you want to have in your life and who's most important to you. And the ones that treat you terribly, you gotta, you gotta toss them by the wayside. So I think that's an important lesson yeah. and sh- uh, in and this episode. And you should feel guilty about that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I, I'll tell you what, Doll's Redemption, um, you know, right there at the end uh, when he's talking to her on the bridge and he says, you don't have to feel bad. You know, he can, you know, you've left him now. He can't make you feel this way again. So. And great. One thing that I, one thing that I noticed is when he was turning around, he said, I'm sorry. And she's, are you though? Are you really, Mm -hmm. are you, are you sure? Because this is your child that you're supposed to protect because you took her into this world. Yeah. So it's your fault. Well, and we touched on this a few weeks ago, too. Uh, going back to the premiere episode, he mentions that they're the only two of their race left in existence. You know, beyond that father and daughter bond should be that bond as well. And he's giving both up in this case. Yeah, he doesn't look like point. he's very young. So once he's dead, <laughs> that's. Yeah, but you say that about me. Well, you're very old. <laughs> oh man, I'm older than your dad. 
I doubt that. So is my, so is so is her mom, but uh, she still considers me to be older. Well, he he is balding, and he ha- he has significant gray. I'll give you that. Yeah, it happens. I mm-hmm. I was laughing. I was watching Back to the Future two the other day, and and that, I love that 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 part where she sees herself. Yeah, and she's and the, and the other one goes, "I'm old," and the other one goes, "I'm young." Yeah, <laughs> and it's funny because I used to be on the "Oh my God, I'm old." I would scream side, but now I would scream, "Oh my God, I'm young." Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, oh no, I've made the transition <laughs> from look young at Jennifer to old Jennifer. Yep. <laughs> you know, I look, at, I look at pictures of myself from two years ago, and I'm like, "Where did oh, that guy man. go?" <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Before we get too far off the rails, Em, what what's the lesson that you took out of this episode? Um, just because you don't get recognition for doing something good doesn't mean that you should stop doing something good. With Gwen, she, as I said earlier, she is constantly saving their lives. She saved Murph, which who wouldn't? But still, she <laughs> saved Murph. Um, and then she saved them from the giant nightmare beast with the fire and that was a great idea (laughs) until Um, it wasn't (laughs) right and then she tries to save them again from what's his name i don't remember i have to scroll back up dreadnought um yeah dreadnought she says she tries to save them from him and then she sacrifices herself because she almost dies for them to save them from him so that's really cool. And she barely even gets recognition for that until the very end when Gwen said, or sorry, when Dow says, we owe you, we owed you one. Mm. Oh, we're a lot more than one, but she <laughs> keeps, she keeps helping them, even though they're being terrible to her, except for Rock Talk. But I don't think mm. that Rock Talk would be terrible to anybody ever. Yeah, so yeah Talk, I don't even Rock- know if I breathed it all during that. <laughs> <laughs> Rock Talk and Murph are definitely um I mean Rock Talk's my favorite. Um but Murph is right up there and he hasn't even really done anything. He's, <laughs> they're just both just, so pure. Like, he's just cute, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean he tries to eat the captain's chair. That's adorable. That's adorable. I mean <laughs> you can't get any cuter than like to take a moment to talk about Fansets, the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. For the last five years, Fansets has been providing us, on a monthly basis, quality merchandise. In addition to Star Trek, they continue to acquire licenses for all different types of fandoms, including Scooby-Doo, DC Comics, Batman 66, Harry Potter, and Rick and Morty. So we're just talking about our love for some of these, uh, some of these prodigy characters. And we're really hoping to see some Murph pins, some Rock Talk pins, you know, all 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 these characters that we are loving on in this series. And I'm sure it's just a matter of time before we see them released by fan sets. But you know, the other thing that I that uh, I noticed in this uh, special day of Star Trek is on Discovery Michael Burnham's awesome dress uniform. And it reminded me of the Monster Maroons from the original series movies, which then reminded me that Fansets just released 
their Wrath of Khan Delta badge. So make sure you go to fansets.com. Take a look at that because you can get that in both pin format and magnetic back format. If you are going to be doing cosplay with it, it's a perfect accessory for your own monster maroon. Go to fansets.com, put a whole bunch of pins in your carts uh, out of all of their over 300 officially licensed Star Trek pins. As a listener to the show, you can receive 10% off your next order from Fancest by using the code DiscoveringCheck at checkout. And remember that you receive free shipping in the U.S. on orders $30 or more. Fansets. Our pins have character. And we thank Fansets for being the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. So now it's time to give out some awards and we all loved Christopher Pike in season two of discovery. And it's more than fitting that he is the one that uh, was honored with the naming of the medal of honor for Starfleet. And so the Christopher Pike medal of honor is what we give out on this show for our favorite things from the current week's episode. So again, our guest we will call on first. Uh, Jen, what did you have for your favorite things from this week? So I, I I touched on a little bit earlier, but my favorite thing about this episode is the group dynamics between our core crew now. Um, so I want to give my my medal to the actual actual dialogue, the scenes when they're walking towards the, the, the proto star, the scenes when they're in the, you know, the Klingon uh, bird of prey, every, everything just flowed so well. Like, like, like the, the every personality, like their personalities mesh really well together. Um, I feel, I feel like the writers already have a really good handle on all these different personalities and how these different personalities are going to interact with each other. Um, and, and they're all such great, characters and such great people and and it's just it was really lovely to see and it's the first time we've really gotten to see what the group dynamics are going to be like for for the future episodes and i and i think based on what we saw here it's, it's just going to be the show is just going to be amazing <laughs> so that get, definitely gets my that was definitely my favorite favorite part about this um and then i also got to give a runner up to the proto star itself <laughs> been wondering for so long what it you know what that engine was and it was worth the wait because it was Absolutely. such a cool reveal such a great idea it's it's you know as a metaphor and just as a technical you know idea <laughs> i mean how cool they could have been any cooler like that's yeah. i can't wait to explore that more <laughs> yeah me too like where how far can they go with it Right. You know, yeah. The only the only thing we hear at the end of the episode is they can't be picked up on their sensors. Right. That's so, really that, cool. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows where zero? Remember, zero set a course for as far away as possible. Dal said. That's and, true. That's true. <laughs> so are you know what does that mean? <laughs> Starfleet headquarters. We'll That's awesome. Ooh, I like that. I guess what though? I didn't mention the animation this time. <gasps> oh my goodness. 
So what did uh, you assume, mention? Like, it's so good. Let's just assume that we're mentioning yeah, yeah, yeah. time, you know, <laughs> just because I didn't, just because I didn't mention the animation, I did mention the art. I love the color combinations. <laughs> I, what? <laughs> that's I that's cheating. The... <laughs> that's um, legit. Yeah. <laughs> I love the palettes. It, it yeah. blends so well together. I love the scene where they are fighting the nightmare beast, as I said earlier. Um, they used such a warm color palette and it was amazing. It showed how terrifying it must have been for them. And, and when they were walking through the forest at night, they chose a cool color palette, which was also really nice because it conveyed how dark outside it was. And it was the same in um, on the Klingon Bird of Prey when Dow was talking with Gwen. It was amazing. And the sky was like a purple, which was a beautiful mix of the two colors. And it was incredible. And I sound crazy. <laughs> no, no, that's lovely. <laughs> it's, it's true. Yeah. But your your art comes, your art background comes through every week yeah. when you're when you're talking about this stuff. Um, and do you like? I, I I really like the warp um, when when they go to warp. That that was that so cool. That yeah, like the I like the colors there too. I think that yeah. goes really well with the. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to mention the scores. They were beautiful. Yeah. Um, they fit so well with every scene, as always. Um, when at the at the end, I noticed that the diviner seemed kind of upset that he lost his mm -hmm. daughter, and he said, "She's gone." And he seemed so sad, which was strange to me, but there was such a soft background music coming in and mm -hmm. it, it really conveyed the emotion. Yeah. Nami, Nami deserves a lot of credit on this episode. Like she yes. does, uh, just hit everything out of the park with this episode. Not that yes. the other episodes haven't been good, but no. I mean, this one stood out. Yes. And that is it because I didn't want to mention the animation again. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am going to touch on uh, one of the things that you talked about, Jen, and that is the writers. Um, so this is the first episode that we have the sister writing team of Julie and Shauna Benson on. And I mean, like I said, this is my favorite episode of the season so far. They've yeah, put, same. yeah, they put forth quite an effort on this one, tying the group together, um, getting that character development out there, uh, like M said. And the other thing too is just uh, like you mentioned, the fact that I think all of us thought that uh, this dynamic between Gwyn and the Diviner was going to go on for the entire season. It's like, nope, we're going to wrap it up here. And, you know, now it provides a different kind of drama going forward. We're not just waiting on that shoe to drop. Uh, so great. I mean, excellent. And we got, we got the proto star out of the way. So we know what's going on there. Uh, hats off to Shauna and Julie. And yeah, it's really it nice. 
I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. (laughs) I I was just going to say that, that it's, I thought it was a really good place to end. If we had Uh to have a break, this was a great place to break because now we have our crew united as one ready for the next adventure. The ship is ready to go (laughs) with, you know, and and we kind of have an idea of what's, what's happening, you know, what, mm-hmm. what the, the focus is going to be on. And I just think it's a, it's a nice, nice place to have a break all set yeah. up like that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really nice that Gwen is out of the brig now, because as I've mentioned, <laughs> as I've mentioned many times before, she is my favorite character so far. And I'm really glad that she's not just locked up yeah. because that would have disappointed me greatly. Same. Mm. Mm-hmm. If, if if they just went back to the ship and they're like, okay, get back into your into yourself. Yeah, I think it's nice that uh, all of these episodes, except for last week's episode, uh, so far all of our episodes have had an ending to them with a little thread that continues on throughout the episodes. So it's far easier for to keep. Uh, the younger audience engage because there's a beginning, a middle and an end, but they remember the characteristics of what they've learned over the last few episodes. So yeah, excellent, you know, end point for this. The only, the only thing that we're left thinking of for the next episode is where did they go? Yeah. You know, and (laughs) you know, we're, we're not, we're not, uh, we're not waiting six weeks to find out, uh, is Picard going to die or is he going to kill the enterprise? You know? <laughs> well, I, I think I might know where they went, but you'll hear more about that in my transport conduit and Delta quadrant later. Yeah. I've got, I've got that too. So um, my next one, um, I, I couldn't, I, I went without uh, awarding her last week, um, bringing her back this week. Uh, Riley Alizaraki rock talk. Mm-hmm. The, Again, each week, and I think we touched on it this week again, uh, the fact that she is so genuine and you can hear it come through her voice in how she's portraying rock talk. Um, and really making her, you know, they, they say she's five years old. Well, you you get the sense of her being very young in as a character, but at the same time having characteristics because of what she's been through that make her older as well. And I think Riley's doing a great job with that as the youngest actor on this, on this uh, crew of actors uh, handling this project. Honestly, rock talk seems more mature than Dal. Most of the time (laughs) she's, she seems so wise and it's, Mm -hmm. But then every, but then every now and then you hear the kid in her come out. Like I want to name the planet Larry, you know, a baby star or a baby star. Yeah, exactly. It's that, it's that perfect balance. Yeah. Um, She she nails the emotion in in mm -hmm. every line. Mm -hmm. And then nailing the emotion. I'm glad you said that because it transitions into my last one very well. Uh, Ella Purnell as Gwyn, the emotion in her voice um, throughout most of this episode, um, trying to make sure that uh, the crew that she's with knows that she's genuinely trying to help them. 
but then uh, at the end, the devastation in her voice when she finds out that her father is giving her up to pursue what he wants. Um, you can, you can hear it coming out of her voice as she, as she's uh, being trapped by all of the vines there. And I, I, I was, when I was thinking about it, I was, I was thinking how, we always give a lot of credit to actors when they're on screen in being able to allow you to know the emotion of the character just by a facial expression. And these actors can't do that because it's just their voice coming out. And so they've got to go about it a different way. And I, I mean, she nailed it in the ending scenes. I thought. Now it's time to take our transwarp conduit to the Delta Quadrant. And after this episode, we may have to rename this section to our protostar jump, but you never know. We'll see how that goes. So based on this week's episode and previous storylines, what do you think could happen in the coming weeks or later this season? So because M doesn't like to get her thoughts stepped on, we're going to let her go first. Well, as I mentioned just a few minutes ago, I think that I know where they jumped. Um, as Jen said, Zero said in the course to get as far away as possible. I think that that is Starfleet. They went to the dying or to, yeah, to the dying red dot on the map, which was all the way over away from Starfleet HQ. And I think that by getting as far away as possible, they're going to get to headquarters. And I think that that's where we're going to find Chakotay. And it's going to be amazing. I hope that's what happens. Because I don't like being wrong. But... Feel like you went first so that you could steal everything that I wrote on my paper. That is the exact opposite <laughs> of what you said. <laughs> well, very good, Em. Um, I, I think that's definitely plausible. That's for sure. Yeah, they might not find Chicote right away, but you know, yeah. So mm-hmm. eventually. If not, it'll if, get there. if not next episode, some episode soon. Mm-hmm. They'll make their way. I'd love to see that. <laughs> I would too. I would too. So Jen, what do you what are you thinking uh is a good prediction for upcoming episodes? Well, I've been I've been thinking about this, about what the show's gonna be. And like the, especially with kids shows, there are two types of villains, like some shows have have villains like a villain villain that's of the season or just a few episodes and then they move on to the next villain and then other shows are like you know he-man and he's just always battling skeletor you know what i mean and mm-hmm. and, and what kind of show is this going to be and and at, at first i didn't think like they could i didn't think they could really keep it keep up the whole diviner thing um but now just based on on this last episode i i, I think 
and, and they might be able to turn it into a show where it's always the diviners just a few steps behind them, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, I'll get that proto star eventually. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Kind of villain. <laughs> <laughs> which I can now see happening because he's got a pretty cool fast ship too, not a protostar, right. you know, enhanced ship, but, but the, you know, they're obviously not dropping that storyline. So there's a way he's going to catch up or figure out where they are or something like mm-hmm. that eventually. So um, I, I, th- I, so I think it might turn out to be, to be more, more of that sort of thing. Um, so that, that's just, just, just my, my prediction for the show that it's going to be more of more of like, this is the the main, the main villain, like for like, the show. Like for I the, like that you know idea. I mean? like, yep. You know. I didn't, I didn't think about that before, but it's interesting. What I think that might happen as well is if they make it to HQ next episode, the diviner gets there in the last few minutes. And then, uh-huh. you know, they have to protect the proto star. Cause can't, let it get taken away. I mean, it's right. an amazing ship. <laughs> yeah, I know. we got to protect the protostar now. Yeah, <laughs> like I love and that ship so much. Like as so much as I love the crew, I love mm-hmm. that ship. Ship is amazing. Yeah, yeah it's and not just be- the engine, but just the the whole like everything. I love everything about mm-hmm. it. I love the wraparound, you know, windows, <laughs> you know, whatever, <laughs> display screen, whatever. <laughs> it's already like- become its own character. It's- oh my god, it's incredible. I, I like the three so. cells. Yeah, the third like one. How it's just, kinda, like, it's, it's just like comes out design. Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, when they activate the protostar and they, yeah. Oh my god, it's so cool. Yeah, definitely kinda, some good work done there. Right? It kind of reminds me of what happened to Discovery after the retrofit in season three, where the detachment cells. Oh, I oh, that oh. was cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like I'm that. sorry. I thought you said the... Voyager. Uh, no. <laughs> What? The 1031A. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I will say last week I, sh- I shot the moon thinking that I was going to predict what happened this week. And I said that the diviner was going to take control of the protostar <laughs> and that we would be spending the next six weeks trying to figure out how everyone escapes. I couldn't <laughs> have been more wrong, uh, which is fine. Um And actually, I think Bill Smith predicted that um, at some point the diviner was going to have to choose between Gwyn and his own ambitions and would choose. I said that. Maybe we both said it. Maybe he said it and then I agreed with him. Or both because he loves agreeing with me because he's (laughs) right about everything and so am I. So we'll give you credit for it. Wow. You're very humble cool. too. <laughs> so, uh, so this week uh, I have to echo my progeny here, um, who said she thinks they've gone. I'm not going to go so far as to say Federation slash Starfleet headquarters. Uh, I am going to say that they've that they've warped into Federation space, um, and this next set of episodes that we see, they'll probably start to learn about Starfleet itself. Um, and see a little bit of Starfleet action. And that's where we're going to see Chakotay. And we'll see, uh, I can't remember the uh, character names, but we'll see the Jason Alexander character come into play. Uh, the Jamila Jamil character come into play. Uh, all of those. So looking forward to that. So there are additional Starfleet characters that will be played in this season. 
Um, oh, that's cool. So what, and I, I, I think I had told you that uh, one of them was going to be uh, voiced by Tahani from the good place. Yes. You did tell me that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm um, a huge so. good place fan. That makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm thinking we'll the next so uh, when it comes back in January, we've got five more episodes. And I think in those five, we'll be seeing that n- next Starfleet crew. There, There is one thing that I am 100% certain that you're wrong about, though. They didn't warp to Federation space. They proto-starred to Federation Ooh, space. Oh, yeah. We need a new uh, verb. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they fusioned. So, Jen, we thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Discovering Trek. So where can everybody find you online if they would like to discuss your thoughts on Prodigy? Well, um, I'm uh, on Twitter. That's the easiest place to find me, um, at Edith Quarks. And I have a podcast called Snap Trek, where we compare to uh, tangentially related somehow episodes of Star Trek and compare and contrast them. Uh, and as you mentioned earlier, I also, you can, you can find my, uh, prodigy reviews at, uh, trekcore.com. And those reviews are appointment reading. Let's oh, say thank that. You. <laughs> thank and snap track is pretty awesome too. But, oh, I appreciate uh, that. Thanks. Since we're talking <laughs> prodigy, I want to give some high props to the, to the review as well. We have to come up with a, a good, uh, prodigy episode that we could compare to, to mm. another episode and i have to come up with something you know maybe one of the and maybe one of the animated series episodes or something like that <laughs> but probably she would, would knock that out of the water yeah 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 <laughs> so exactly something better exactly <laughs> maybe a short trek or something you know yeah there you go there you go <laughs> don't forget that you can support discovering trek and the trek geeks podcast network by subscribing to bonus content on patreon get access to unedited audio of all our podcasts and a lot of other perks if you'd like to support this and the other member podcast of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network, be on over to patreon.com slash trekgeeks, where subscriptions start as low as $2 a month. For $2 a month, you can hear everyone on the network trip over their words on a regular basis. For more great Star Trek discussion, check out the aforementioned member podcasts on the network. In addition to Discovering Trek, which will now be transitioning into Discovery, there is Trek Geeks, Rewind, Politrex, Five-Year Mission, Deep Space Pride, Infinite Trek, The Divine Treasury, Sci-Fi Sisters, and the newest shows, Drawn to Trek, Science Station 2, and With the First Link. You can find all these shows and where to listen online at trekgeeks.com listen or by downloading the Trek Geeks mobile app. The Trek Geeks Podcast Network. No one talks Shrek like we do. Episode 5 of Prodigy has given us a look at the experimental protostar drive. But where did the crew end up? Join us again in January as the next chapter of Prodigy unfolds on Discovering Trek Prodigy. Next week, be on the lookout for our conversation with Nami Melimad, the composer of Star Trek Prodigy. And in addition to that, we'll be trying to sneak a few of these special conversations in during the Prodigy hiatus, so stay tuned. And make sure to tune into the regular gang of Bill, Dan, Sarah, and Casey on the OG Discovering Trek as they begin Discovery Season 4. Until then, never stop discovering. 
Music for Discovering Trek is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing an original song for each episode of Star Trek. Hear more of their music at fiveyearmission.net. Discovering Trek is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.